Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by my guy Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And it's Tuesday in the NBA. We did have to miss a day on that big MLK slate for you guys, but we're back with four games to play on Tuesday night. Definitely want to make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along with us. Got another game video up for you and our player props as we're doing each and every weekday this season. Also want you to head to thelines.com. You can check out all of our great written content up there and use that odds finder tool that we're using every day here to make sure you're getting the best juice back on all those U.S. sports books offering you guys bets this season. Nate, let's get into this four game slate and then talk about our game. Game. the 76ers are in LA playing the Clips yeah and that'll be the nightcap a standalone there game to watch uh but it opens with the Raptors plus six at the Bucks both teams are on a back-to-back Raptors won an OT over your Knicks here on MLK day and uh Giannis sat for the Bucks so uh we'll, we'll have to wait on the injury report for that one before we read anything into it really the Nets forging on without KD, minus six at the Spurs. Totals at 235 there. That's something we're looking at for player props. Then the other game we look at, Blazers are plus seven and a half at Denver. Totals at 233, fourth and final meeting of those. Division rivals. And then uh, it's a pick em right now. Sixers at Clippers, even money. Uh, either way, you want to slice it and... I think we both like the Sixers. I mean, the Clippers, I asked you, like, are they winning games now? Is that something they're into? Um, I mean, they they are back home now, and they've won two of their last three, but it was against a Mavs team that we know what they do on the road and, and that just didn't show up. Uh, their their three-pointer did not show up. And then against Houston, the worst team in the West. Um, not competitive against Denver, even without Joker. You were all over that. Uh, I, I was like, oh, man, Joker is actually out. We thought he was definitely going to play. And you were like, double down. Uh, because the Clippers <laughs> are the worst offense in the league at home. Uh, I mean, and, and this is the NBA. This is the NBA where points are flowing, especially a team like the 76ers, which has been all offense and, you know, terrible defense in the backcourt when you pair Maxi and Harden. But does that matter against the Clippers, who, who just put Terrence Mann into the starting lineup? are going even you know took Reggie Jackson out of the rotation pretty much and they're going even more wing heavy now and that's something the Sixers actually can defend with with Tobias Harris with Tybal off the bench if they want to throw him at either of these guys we don't know if Paul George is going to play that would help yeah. inject some life into this Clippers offense but in the last meeting between these teams he had 22 points on um 40 less than 40% field goal shooting was a minus 16 um, as the Clippers just pulled away in the second half. Harden now in two appearances with with the Sixers against the Clips. Huge uh, lines, basically flirting with a triple-double the first time, <clears throat> and then 20 points and 21 assists with a triple-double in that other meeting I'm talking about. Embiid also has had his way against Zubac. So, I mean, those two guys are, we, we know what they bring to the table. Just an unstoppable pick-and-roll combination and, uh, I mean, Maxi kind of adds a different dynamic in terms of the Sixers don't just have to slow it down and score in the half court. <clears throat> they can push with this guy. And I, I just don't really know what you look at for the Clippers outside of Kawhi Leonard still being an absolute bucket and, and say, like, this this is a, a something to be scared of about their offense. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> and Kawhi, while his offense has, has rounded back into form, is not the same defender either. And, and it's evident... I mean, one of those hardened lines is is against a Kawhi-less 
PG list team, but you know, with them back out there on December 23rd, giving up 21 assists to a guy like James Harden, who we saw the Raptors in the heat erase from the floor like several months prior. I mean, that tells you where the Clippers are at in terms of being that kind of defensive juggernaut that we thought that, that that's why some people were thinking that they were a championship favorite coming into the season is that they had such good wing defense and it's just not there. Um, obviously they, they haven't had an answer for Embiid. I mean, nobody really does. And the, the only thing to worry about here is the Sixers being third game in a five game road trip. However, you know, it, it's, it's a back to back in LA or, I mean, two, they, they had an off day here. And so there's no travel involved and beads props are already up here uh, at 31 and a half points. <clears throat> I'm definitely expecting him to top 30 and the Clippers to win and would look at the 35 plus in a win at plus 350 for Mr. Embiid after he dropped 44 on them a few weeks ago. Yeah, I think he's he's happy to play against uh, Ivica Chamberlain uh, Zubac uh, as well uh, as a lot of these really solid offensive centers are right now. Um including you know the joker who who also didn't even really have to have his way with them uh the first time they played because he no one played in the second half for the clips he sat out this last game uh Zeke Naji came in played fine uh and everybody else as well around him so in the post where where the clippers have been really really bad you know that's that's a, a quick starting point as well i mean you, you talk about Embiid 31 and a half points um, the Clips over the course of their last nine games where we know they lost six in a row at one point there, 29th in, in terms of allowing uh, points in the paint, 29th in scoring points in the paint. So you can just own them down there. And if you have the best, let's say, best center on both sides of the ball uh, in the league in Joel Embiid, um, when you combine his offense and defense and just his sort of presence there, which is terrifying. I know Joker's been good. I really don't want to get into that. I didn't mean to, to fall into a trap. But, you know, Joel, top top three, top two center in the league no matter what. Uh, and, and he's going to do his thing as he has been as of late. Um, the thing that is, is holding me up, and I kind of started to consider it a bit more as the show was kicking off and you were reading these lines, Nate. And I was like, wait, if Paul George does play, what does that do to this? Um, because he could play. Uh, and it's just frustrating when with his injury because his injury is that hamstring. Um, it's not some random Kawhi thing that while it's frustrating we're just kind of like no one's trying to figure out what's going on with Kawhi anymore we should probably do the same thing with PG you just don't know when the hammy is going to act up it's one of those weird things um so if he is back I just I don't know what the level of continuity would be and I would probably just feel better about an over than anything in this game at like 225 226 if Paul George is in there I do think that there's a little bit more offense to be had um but you know because I don't, I don't there haven't been that many games that both these guys are playing at home together um to c help you know raise the level of that worst off offense you know in the league at home in terms of 105 and a half points a game and we we know what what they do there we've been talking about it every time we bring them up third worst field goal percentage in the league from there at home they're dead last in, in points in the paint which is basically what they are all, all the time 29th um so yeah I, I think this one the only thing that scares you is paul george playing even if he does i still think at like at even money for for philly you're still in a good spot because of what they've been with, since tyrese maxi came back um i don't know if, if he's helping in in this regard but the fact that they have been uh 12th and rebounding since he came back it's just the last seven games just which is since he came back that it's it's crucial for them because they've been 27th on the season which is why they've been giving up 
a ton of second chance points to their opponent. Um, and, you know, all those like all, all those points, um, you know, in, in transition as well as they just give up. They don't get offensive rebounds and then teams go and they're they, they're susceptible to fast break points as well. But if they're getting those rebounds that that covers up all of those issues for them. Um, and, and really, it's about the offense for them at that point. You might consider even ha- looking at what their over is uh, in this one. If the total is 226, right, like over 113, I, I would say that's fair. I think if you get to about 115, 116 in this game, uh, sans overtime, then you're, you're probably looking at, at the being the victor there. I do see that this this being a pretty close game with, you know, in the mid-teens or so. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that does speak to an over a little bit more, uh, especially, like I said, with Tyrese Maxey in there. Seventh and three-pointers made, which is huge for them as well. Uh, six and one to the over since he's been back. Fourth offensive rating, scoring 122 and a half a game. So, you know, it, fifth and assists, which they already were, but James Harden goes from like 11 assists a game to 14 because he's got Tyrese Maxey, another shooter on the wing and someone he knows he can score as soon as he gives it to them. So, um, I, you know, I, I'm not really going to touch the, the total in this one. I'm still just going to feel good right now at, at even money with Paul George hanging in the balance because it's a, a situation where I still like the 76ers to be able to win this one on the road if he's playing. And without him, I definitely like them at even money. I might as well just get ahead of it a little bit before he's even uh, announced exactly if he's going to play or not. Yeah, you're not touching the over because uh, the the Clippers are still 19 and four to the under at home because again they don't score very much, uh, 105 points per game. And while while the Sixers have gone over in 11 of their last 13 overall, um, you know one of those unders is holding OKC to 96 points. And and frankly, the the Kawhi Clippers are are pretty similar to the SGA Thunder right now in terms of just one guy trying to score unassisted field goals. Um, I, I don't really know what else to say about the, their their offense other than I'm I'm just not impressed with it. Uh, I, I am impressed with with Harden and, and you know finding his stride here um, since coming back from his injury. I mean he's got double digit assists in six straight road games. Um, really led that offense when they outscore the, the Clippers by 17 in the second half to pull away there. Um, and I. I think they'll just be a better team down the stretch. Another thing, though, to yeah, to worry about the total is that the, the Sixers seem like they're really pacing themselves on this road trip and that both of their first two games, 96 pace, uh, got to 235 with the Jazz, but then go under with the Lakers. And, and holding holding it down to a 96 pace against the Lakers uh, is definitely something right. that raises eyebrows, right? And then if you're going against the Clippers, who are probably okay playing that type of half-court game if you want to play that way. Um, you know, maybe we do see an under here even if Paul George is active because, like I said, he, he didn't really have a great game against the Sixers. We don't know how good he'll, his hamstring will be. Uh, and he does seem to help the Clippers' defense more than their offense in the last couple of years. Yeah, no, that's fair that, that that their defensive rating is way better with him in there. Unsurprisingly, it's like a, a you know, doubling down on a, a superior force already with Kawhi out there. But yeah, I, the only reason I like points just because of the way that this team plays the 76ers specifically with Tyrese Maxey's out there, you know, that 119 and a half offensive rating, even at like a 96, 97 pace still gets you close to about 120, you know, 122, like they've been scoring, but obviously they haven't been playing the Clippers who are also the best defense in the league at home right now. So yeah, the points, maybe not, but like I said, my play in this one is I'm hitting this, um, you know, before I know what's happening with Paul George. And then let's see what happens to that, that spread when, when he gets uh, put in the game and and maybe you get even a little bit more uh, value on, on the, uh, the 76ers at that point so and Blazers <clears throat> plus seven and a half at Denver with a 233 total Denver going for a 14th straight 
home win here. Portland, um, third game in four nights, so slight rest disadvantage. And they did manage to snap their five-game skid with with really impressive offensive showings against Dallas, but consecutive nights at home against Dallas, a a barrage of three-pointers, 138 points. I'm not really reading into that too much. First of all, I I want to believe that Portland's getting back to their elite offensive ways. I am such a big Damian Lillard fan and and Anthony Simons as well, but... (laughs) I, I don't. I think they're just re- sitting, regressing to the mean um, in terms of being an, uh, an okay team. Uh, just, just not elite, not elite offensively, and 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 worse offensively on the road. One twelve rating versus one twenty scoring, just one oh eight on the road versus one twenty at home. Uh, and the pace is slower, and they're sixteen and eight to the under on the road, including six straight road games um, in which they had a. a Pretty low assist rate. They they're already average in terms of assist rate because it is a lot of Damon and Simon's getting their own shot. So I mean, Denver's biggest weakness is giving up assists at home. Um, you know, getting into those kind of shootouts where another team is able to to match the Joker's uh, incredible assist assist to field goal ratio as a team effort of some sort, but. What they, I mean, they are sixth in defensive efficiency overall at home, though, and fifth in three-point defense. And so that's where I think Portland might struggle. Of course, this is the fourth meeting here between division rivals. Um, they, they smacked the Nuggets early in the season when things were still pretty wonky. <clears throat> uh, and then lost by 13 in Denver the last meeting. Simon struggled. Dame did not. Dame has, has been on fire in his last five. Uh, and he's been on fire against Denver this season, averaging 35 a game. Um, so it, it, it's just like that's why we got close to this 233 total the last time, which was uh, 227, the final. I, I mean, and it's with a it's superhuman effort from Dame. So it's it's like if you look at it that way, it's like even if Dame continues to do what he's been doing, like 50 against Cleveland – what you know, 38 is what he's averaging in the last five years, shooting 53% from the floor. He can maybe continue that, um, but even if he does, like I, I don't know who else from Portland is going to match the Nuggets and, and score close to 120, which is what they do at home. But I will say, you know, while Nurkic fouled out in that last meeting, and he hasn't exactly shut down the Joker, uh, holding him to a 128 offensive rating this season is actually a massive accomplishment. In his last 10 home games, Jokic has a 141 offensive rating and is plus 140. He's actually minus 10 against Portland uh, in those three meetings this season. Uh, Denver does slightly go under uh, when they're home, Um, especially when they're home favorites. And while, you know, you've got guys like Jamal Murray and, and Porter Jr. who might struggle defensively, I raised my hand when you said Embiid, uh, best two-way center in the game for sure. Because Joker, 101 defensive rating in his last five. Somehow, some way, he just keeps everybody connected on both ends. Uh, you know, he skyrocketed to plus 170 as the MVP favorite again. Just an amazing, um, amazing talent. But, I mean, that's, that is all to say, I, I, I like the under more than anything. I'm a little too scared to just assume Denver's going to continue to roll everybody who comes to their house. I think Portland is the type of team uh, to surprise you and, and make this kind of a trap and cover seven. 
Um, so I think, yeah, what, what I want to look for, though, is that these, these two teams that know each other really well, at least one of them coming up short offensively because the other one's uh, getting in their jersey so well. Yeah, I mean, you've got you got a lot of good stuff in there, I think, to to talk about, I guess, what, like, best bet for you preferring that maybe the under because of the fact, like you're saying, like these teams kind of know each other enough at this point um, that they can at least defend that and, and, and prepare for it a little bit better. Is that, is that is that probably the preferred bet by you? Yeah, and I do worry that Portland's going to score under 110, and then I don't think you're getting over if that happens. In in which case, yeah, also seems like leaning towards Denver, you know, winning by at least a decent margin enough to maybe cover to the seven that it is right now uh, that you can get it at. If you want to bet Denver, you can find it at seven. I know we talked about seven and a half being that that um, spread there, but you can find it a little bit better if you want it. Um, I do want that, to be honest. Like, I'm kind of I'm, I'm not really scared of these big totals. I think I, I told you, you know. You were mentioning that, you know, it's it's possible that there's a little bit of a, a recession coming or, you know, back to the mean for regression uh, for Denver at home. They just only, you know, barely beat the magic by the skin of their teeth, needed that last second three um, from Joker to, to pull that one out. Um obviously failed to cover the 11 points. I, I call the magic being, you know, able to cover that on a, you know, Saturday where, or excuse me, uh, yeah, Saturday where things are just, or I'm sorry, it was a Sunday. I, MLK Day threw me off. On Sunday, it's it's a weekend. Things are weird. Saturday, Sunday games are always weird in the NBA. And 11 points was a lot for a Magic team that was, you know, definitely catching stride um, by having enough players back um, from, you know, some suspensions and injuries to be back to themselves. And Wendell Carter Jr. playing really, really well as well. And, and the Nuggets did not take them seriously. And, and that's why that game was what it was. But I do see them. I don't think that Portland can get through that, you know, under the radar like that for them. Um, you know, you were talking about the, the last few matches for them since they've already played uh what three times this season at this point you know and the the last one for uh for the Blazers being you know the last two obviously being the the loss that we don't really know what to make of you know the game on the 24th of October uh that they played like five games into the the start of the season or you know five days into the start of the season uh but I, I think you can rely on Denver to get that pretty much close to that one you know 120 if not over um at home it's just pretty much clockwork even when they were playing the clips the other night without Joker um you know like you were saying, still felt good about them doubling down on them because of the fact that they have such a great supporting cast. And even when Joker's not out there to play with those guys that that are just so perfectly suited, like Bruce Brown and KCP, that they added to play around him, um, they're also super well suited to play against alongside a guy like Jamal Murray, who has been finding his own as well and, and, and finding consistency over the last like four by averaging 24 a game in that time frame with about seven assists and really taking over as like the point guard on this team, who is obviously happy to let Joker do his thing from from everywhere else so um joker having one more game under his belt after missing a game before that magic game i think is really helpful as well in this one i love watching he and nurk uh, go to battle against each other uh you know in the last four games that they played against each other uh joker is looking at 23 and uh, and nine assists and nine boards uh but nurk as well 14 points and uh, nine rebounds in there as well with four assists which is also really nice when they can play around him but uh obviously also you talk about dame and what he's done that's you know his resurgence over the course of the last three including that 50 burger is a re- is a huge 
if not the reason that this total stays at about 233 and that, uh, you know, bookmakers seem to think that Dame can come along, bring this team along for the ride in that total. Um, but even if he can, like if this becomes an offensive outburst, I still prefer Portland or Denver to a large degree. I, I agree with your really opening statements that I think the Blazers, are, we, we over you and I specifically uh, overvalued them a bit at the beginning of the season in, in what we thought they were going to be able to do as an offensive juggernaut. To your point, I mean, the stats that you see, the unassisted field goal percentage for this team is way too high. Um, for, for you to feel like it's it's con- continuously sustainable all over the place. Um, and, and the fact that, you, you know, I look at all these hustle stats for guys like uh, Josh Hart and Jeremy Grant, and it's like there's just really no plays run for them. There's just go get the ball and then you can score once you have it. But that's pretty much it, as Jeremy Grant has actually been averaging a bunch of second-chance points since Dame came back, uh, you know, about a couple of weeks ago from a, a small injury. So, uh, yeah, I just, I just don't like what I'm seeing from the Blazers anymore, which breaks my heart because I was really looking forward to them being a lot better. We love a lot of the players on their team uh but I, I believe in denver at home to that degree right now and if they're going to get over 120 uh, i feel pretty good about them covering seven points yeah well that's the thing i don't know if they are and honestly i think if it is an over i i would think portland covers i mean i don't know i i if if, it, if you're truly saying they're going to come along for the ride it's going to be a shootout you know maybe it's going to go down to the wire overtime like plus seven and a half is better than expecting denver to just continue rolling whoever comes into their building right but to be clear i don't think that like yeah. i don't think they're coming along for the ride <laughs> i think that seven points is very fair. one team's only going to score 108 one scores 120 and the, the but anyway call it a day yeah you you can take either side of this the point is i mean these teams have not played with much pace in their three meetings this season 95 um yeah, I you asked me if I think they they're so familiar with each other. Really, it's Nurk and Jokic being so familiar with each other that it just like it's like throwing a wrench in that well well oiled machine that is the Nuggets' offense. And while they've still been able to maintain both of them an offensive rating over one twenty two in the meetings, the you know the games have only averaged two thirty seven. Slightly, slightly over. I think there's an opportunity for some regression. This, it's not a bet for the fate of heart here, though. I mean, it's it, we're talking four games here. Um, you, if you want to, if you want to bet on something in this game, that's that's something to throw out there. But I think we're more confident in the nightcap uh, in the Sixers uh, at the Clippers. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like you're saying, like this is a case of us trying, you know, getting to the early lines. And to be honest with you, not loving much outside of that Sixers game, and, and not having quite as much available for the uh, the other two games on the slate. Or, you know, and really not, not really wanting to touch the Nets and Spurs. To be honest, like I don't the Bucks and Raptors. We got to wait for in this one. I, I think you can definitely look at some player stuff, which I think we are looking at um, a little bit in, in the player props. We just kind of you know we don't necessarily. Uh, go into any of these specific props, but like we, you and I were looking at unders for, for stuff in this one, like you were saying, uh, in the way that we see this matchup going. So, and there's just a lot, the, the props just led us to go like, yeah, no, I don't see that from that guy and that guy, which is also just supporting evidence for, uh, you know, liking an under here. But either way, to be honest, I, I'm not, I wouldn't hit an under with the, the, uh, the nuggets, but I prefer the nuggets. And if I were to do that, it would be a money line and under to your point. Um, I do think that their defense is, is also just way, you know, superior to this Portland defense right now. So you're listening to the lines.com podcast network looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top u.s sports books all in one place then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust 
Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Stephen Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. So, Nate, let's jump into your first one tonight, Mr. Joel Embiid. Yeah, a guy who's fifth in a crowded MVP race, at least according to odds makers, because he's missed, um, you know, like 12-plus games already. But when he plays, he's just an absolute beast, of course, uh, in four since returning from his latest injury, 33 points per game on 57-42-87 splits. As a 130 offensive rating. And, you know, he's facing the Clippers, a team that that is giving up the second most points to centers over the last 15 days. And, and that includes a matchup with Embiid where he had 44 on 18 for 38, 30 field goal shooting. Um, he's had a lot of success against Zubac in recent meetings. His last four against LAC, 37 points per game, 11 rebounds. Uh, and that's in just 34 minutes per game because the last time they went to the Clips, um, it, it was a blowout because there was no Kawhi PG, um, and, and both Harden and Embiid could have put up a lot more than they did. And then we saw what they did when they got another crack at this team, which is just, you know, they're playing a lot of small ball. They're leaving themselves vulnerable down low a lot. Um, even if Zubac is out there, they're not they're not completely small, but they just they, they can't handle a guy like Embiid, who's been force-fed the ball in those four meetings, 40% usage. Uh, and Harden taking a big step back in terms of his usage and really just trying to set up the big man. Um, oh, so it's 31 and a half points is where we're at in terms of his prop. And uh, if you do want to go a little bit higher than that, 35 and a win, and we both do like the Sixers here at a pick em, that turns it into a plus 350 at FanDuel. Yeah, I'm fine with it if you're going to uh, juice it up that much for him to get three more points because I do think the win is, is pretty good, uh, you know, in pretty good shape for Philly. Like we were saying in the video, obviously want to see what happens with Paul George, and, and I'm banking on hitting this now that he's not going to play. If he does, I still like it, and I'm probably going to get some more once I get points for Philly if that happens, which it might not, to be honest with you, because even if he does play, um, this probably still stays around to pick him. But either way, yeah, and B to just dominate is is, is a solid play here uh, in a, against a team that is giving up the most points in the paint uh, right now at home. So, um Let's go ahead and talk about a game that we didn't have a game video for, the Spurs and Nets. We're not sure what to do with the Nets right now. Just don't feel that confident after their 0-2 start without KD. But a guy I feel confident in is on the Spurs, and that's Jakob Pertl. 22.5 points and rebounds for him. That's minus 115 uh, on DK, actually. And then uh, a double-double for him. It, I would highly consider that. That gets you plus 110 um, for him to get that on DraftKings. His last four, we're looking at 15 points a game and nine boards in that time. Um, but the 27 minutes a game is what I also like, which is up from 19 in his first few back after you know being injured for a pretty decent amount of time this season. Um, 11 field goal attempts also in those last four, which is up from eight. Um, I really like that as well. Obviously, the usage also increasing about five percent in that time frame. And I think they also know you know he's on the trading block. Like Pop may or may not like that. He's on the trading block. Um, he has to be that you know they're not going to sign him again. He's he's not enough for them, but he's going to be I think enough for somebody else uh, that you can feel good about him there. So I think they need to showcase him and keep him at the about 31 minutes that he played against the Kangs a few nights ago. 
um, to try to deal with DeMontis versus Brooklyn uh, already this season on January 2nd. Just obviously they played recently. Um, he only had six points in 11 boards. I will say 11 boards in 20 minutes. Um, and that wasn't even due to foul trouble. He was just, just coming back from injury. Uh, you look at his per 36, if he were to continue playing 11 points and 19 boards is what that turns into. Um, so I'd feel really good if he continues to get the, like I said, 31 minutes, I expect him to, uh, and at home on the season, uh, he's at about 27 and a half minutes a game, few more than when he's on the road at about 12 points and 10 boards, uh, shooting 65%. So, you know, Brooklyn, obviously not good against centers with not without really a true center to defend anybody. Um, Nick Claxton doing really solid work. One of the best defenders in the league, to be honest with you right now, um, in terms of versatility as well, but Brooklyn does allow the, uh, 10th most points and rebounds to opposing centers. So it just feels like a really good matchup for Pirtle to, uh, to get his, and, and so, you know, a game that I think people who are watching a, a national team like the Nets will have some eyes on. Yeah, I don't think you need to disparage Nick Claxton, but it, not at all. He is, you know, like the the ecosystem we see with Giannis and Brook Lopez. When one of them is out, the other one's def- defense suffers. And, and without KD, the Nets' defense overall yeah. is just not going to be as good. They're also going to give yeah. a ton more rebounds because their offense has sucked through two games. Uh, they've been non competitive. And and that brings us to a, a guy who who brought no offense to the table in his first uh, without KD. That I mean, thirteen assists though, including I think nine in the first quarter for Ben Simmons. And we were talking, we took his prop that that first game. Uh, I wanted just rebounds, assists. He threw in the points there as an option, but he did not even look at the basket. I, I think he will actually uh score you know six to eight points here his prop is eight and a half but i'm still going with the 15 and a half rebounds assists for simmons i'm not i'm not trusting him to put the ball up or try to get fouled uh even in a juicy matchup against the spurs who are dead last in points in points in the paint you can walk right in there they're also dead last in in opponents three-point shooting though so he can walk in there and kick it out to seth curry and joe harris uh they also give up the third most assists per game and the third most steals per game uh, which is, I think, the best odds you find here. It, I mean, it's like minus 125, 130 for him to get 16 rebounds assists uh, because, again, what he did there in that first, in just 26 minutes due to foul trouble against the Celtics, uh, putting up 22 of those. But for him to get two steals is plus 125. He does. He's, he's still a great defensive player, uh, still a, a great athlete you can get in the passing lane, had three steals against the Spurs um, just two weeks ago in 24 minutes. Uh, and his 11 steals over his last five games, again, you know, playing under 28. I think if he stays out of foul trouble, he should be out there for 30-35 tonight after he rested on Saturday against the Thunder. Yeah, and to be clear, I said over seven and a half rebounds, maybe the points. But, yeah, I took the rebounds on that one I, just to defend myself. I, I like continue to like him, I mean, in, in those in these spots that you're talking about, rebounds and assists, uh, even the steals, that plus money for him to get two, I like. Um, you know, he, he's just he's not even looking at the basket, as we know. I'm not going to get into it, but all this stuff still is, is solid because of, of the production that he's now, you know, he, he, they're looking to him for more, and what he's giving them is more assists. So, okay, you know, well, that, that's what he's going to continue to do to contribute. Uh, and it has helped guys like Seth Curry as well, who dropped 23 the other night. So, I, like you said, I think 
with those shooters out there now with Joe Harris and Seth Curry healthy, uh, you like the assist for him even more. Uh, a guy you got to like assist for consistently, but there's a couple of good bets for him. James Harden uh, against the Clips, as we talked about. Six and a half rebounds for him. Uh, a bet that you threw my way, plus 110 on DK. I do like that. I also really still like continue to like all points, rebounds, and assists with that man. 37 and a half, minus 104 on FanDuel, which is really good odds there. Like, it, just take the PRA consistently as well because of the fact that like he's going to either get 30 and 10 and whatever, or he's going to get, you know, like 20 and 10 and 10. Um, so he's just contributing. Like, like we also talked about, he's got, uh, he's leads the league in terms of points scored or assisted that he's contributing to. Um, when they played the clips in December in 41 minutes, he dropped 20, had 11 boards and 12 dimes. Um, and then when uh, they played last March in 34 minutes, 29 points, 15 boards and seven dimes. There was no Kawhi and PG in that one. Um, not sure if PG's playing in this one, but like you talked about, that actually seems to impact uh, their defense pretty a little bit more if he doesn't play. So I uh, would love to see that happen for this bet. Um, the, the Clips dead last in offensive uh, rating at home, so we know that there's going to be opportunities for those rebounds for him uh, to get seven. There's going to be a lot of missed shots. Harden, uh, 24 rebounds in his last three roadies. So I, I think you know he is definitely do, looking to get those boards on the road. Um, also has had 35 assists, uh, double-digit assists in six straight road games. So, I mean, you know, the assists, I believe, are at 10.5 for him tonight. Uh, is, is the best that I found. So, you know, either way, like I said, the 37 and a half points, rebounds, and assists, I think you can expect him to be contributing um, at least in two of those three, if not all three, heavily. So, Overall, the Clippers limit assists better, but they didn't have an answer for Harden. They gave up 21 dimes to him on the road. Um, they are much better at home. I, I, I'm a little scared of the 11 assists being a good bet, I mean, especially with poor odds. So that's why I lean towards... Yeah. The rebounds, because like you said, yeah, I mean, whatever he does in terms of his scoring and his usage is down, he's he's really hovering around the like 7-10 mark on those other two things just because he's out there mm-hmm. for like 40 minutes and just because he, he, he's involved, uh, you know, mixing it up and, and, and trying to, to become really a winning player to his credit. Uh, I mean, he has played really well since coming back from that uh, foot injury. Absolutely. Yeah. No shade for, for Harden as he's uh, really continued to not even transform his game. He's always been able to do this with his incredible court vision, um, but he's he's definitely taken over command as like a solid point guard for them. So that's all the time we have for you. And this one continue to follow along. We are going to be back to you guys each and every week this season. So like and subscribe to that page. And until we see you next, happy betting. <laughs>